0: So what are you going as Halloween this year?
1: It's going to be an hour before Evensong, which means I'll just be in a cassock. But uh, Chloe is um, going as James and the Giant Peach. So she's going to dress up like a giant peach.
0: No, Evensong is Sunday. So what are you, are you you doing trick-or-treating on on Halloween?
1: I don't know if we're going to take him. He's too young for that. He gets cranky past you know 8:30 p.m. But what um, was the
0: last year you, you went <clears throat> trick or treating as a kid?
1: I don't remember. I stopped dressing up because I was too cool for that, yeah. um, as most teenage boys think they are. But I do remember the I think the very first costume I was ever in was a penguin, and my parents have this picture of a baby who is just you know out of it and has no idea what's going on, um, and I'm just kind of on the edge of tears in a giant penguin costume. It was very cute. My first was Donald Duck. Okay.
0: My last was a football player. I remember.
1: Yeah. The the transition from uh, cartoon characters to sports, I feel like, you know, happens fast with with young boys. It
0: was a halfway done costume. I was with a girl that was uh, we were trick or treating in her neighborhood, and so I felt weird going in regular clothes asking for Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, yeah. So I just put on a football jersey, whatever. Yeah. Halloween.
1: Uh, Halloween is, is, is upon us. Um, we're going to talk about ghosts today, um, spirits and possession and mediums. and um,
0: The whole psychology of it is really interesting because everyone, I mean, it's a fun day. People get yep. into it. People get really into it. I, I was about to say, I think Halloween is one of the biggest
1: uh, examples of go up to the line, but if you cross it, it's too much yeah. and weird when people who get really, really into it but um, you know, up to a certain point, it's kind of fun to lean into the the scary movies and you know the the, the candy and the trick or treating and kind of the weird rituals that America I mean, has. It may
0: on, be. On I mean, sh- clearly we spend more on Christmas, cons- you know, in terms of consumer spending. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if there are <laughs> chains of stores that pop up. They only open for a week. I mean, a month. Yeah, for spirit, y- y- spirit of Halloween, and they're yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah. And I would imagine Party City probably. They, they, yeah, I think they totally change. Well, they, they probably pay their bills for the whole year based on what happens in, you know, in Halloween, I would imagine. Yeah. And then all the, all the movies that come out, all the, all the cable channels that just do nothing but scary movies or whatever. whatever. It's it's really, really interesting to think about it. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that today.
1: Stranger Things came out right around Halloween, that kind of upside down, you know, fun. Kind of ghost type thing, um, but there's a lot to talk about. I mean, the Bible has ghosts and spirits from front to back, um, and that, I think that people that kind of catches people off guard sometimes when I when I ask them about ghosts in the Bible um, and the actual word itself shows up. And and, what does it mean that we like to be scared?
0: Yeah, because we do. That's why it, it's, it's we that, like uh, all these things.
1: Kind of giving someone power over us for a second, you know, scare me exert some influence over me. Make me feel like I don't understand everything.
0: Let's let's go into this. Open us in prayer, and then let's, let's hop right. into some, some spooky things. Let us
1: pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who in Christ has revealed thy glory among the nations, preserve the works of thy mercy, that thy church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of thy name. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God forever endeavor, Amen.
0: All right, let's talk about why this is a topic of discussion. Uh, let me write down a note to talk about fear and why we like to be scared. Um, we're doing this obviously because Halloween is next uh, Thursday. Wednesday. No, no, Tuesday. 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 Right. Wednesday is all and you know, lots of Episcopalians will say we have a Halloween service. Well, we we, we do in the Book of Occasional Services, yeah. but it has nothing to do with with um, the original Medium, origin yeah. of All Hallows Eve, the vigil the of All Saints Halletide. Tide. And... Yeah, lots of things are sort of confused on here, and because it's such a a cultural celebration if that's the mm-hmm. right word yeah. or observance and i think and in, in nowadays it's really a uniquely american one yeah. my friends in the uk hate the they think it's wild well they cannot stand the export of american halloween to to their country i think it's the strangest yeah. oddest thing and that never really occurred to me that this is a uniquely american mm-hmm. sort of thing but we really get into it um, everyone, whether, I mean, everyone's going to observe it in some form. Yeah. What I mean by that is, you know, you could be a church like us and just say, listen, we're going to have a trunk or treat. Yep. We're not going to compete with you. And we're just going to have fun yep. And because dressing up uh, in the right in the right frame of mind is there's, there's something good, to it. good, wholesome fun. Yep. Or you can say, we're not doing this. We're not going to celebrate yeah, Halloween. We're gonna do and we're going to have a fall, fall festival, festival yeah? or a harvest Which festival. Is, uh, and we're going to dress up and we're going to have games and yeah. we're going to have candy. But we're not, by God, going to call it Halloween. Yeah. It's the same Which thing. Is, the it's always funny because a, a,
1: a harvest festival or a fall festival is, is much more pagan and unchristian than Halloween actually is. It could be it could be. Yeah, uh, you know, that has much more roots in the actual pagan celebration yeah. than than Halloween, which has always been very religious. We're not uh, going names. to do a
0: haunted house, but we're going to do a hell house mm. and you know, Ooh, we're I, going, didn't, I didn't have that. We're going to scare you <laughs> either way. So the point is it is it is ubiquitous. It is everywhere and so we might as well talk about it that might pique your interest and yeah. there are some really uh, helpful, interesting and um um and some very vague and ambiguous themes that we will Correct. see in scripture and yeah. in how we approach this theologically. So lots of interesting things that, on the topic today.
1: As I was uh, researching, you know, kind of ghosts and spirits in the Bible, um, I, I basically realized that the overarching question is we're asking about, uh, I'm not going to say people, but beings, uh, the things in the underworld. Um, underworld meaning Hades or Sheol, the realm of the dead, not hell. Um, even though some Bibles it interchangeably, but it was it was the realm of the dead, and everyone, like in the Old Testament, everyone goes there. Um, Hades is just kind of the you know the, the stopping ground for the, for the realm of the dead, um, and then we see you know Christ harrows hell, Hades, the the dead, but um, there's vague, but. Uh, descriptions of, of who dwells there. And so, I mean, we have everything from the fallen angels are in Tartarus, which is kind of reserved only for them, the pit, the deep. And then we have, you know, like uh, I was looking, we have a metim is one of the words, and that's kind of like the human dead. Um, think like you and me, we would die. Metim. Uh, we have ob. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. I didn't take Hebrew. These are non-human spirits, but they're all over and there's countless warnings against uh, seeking knowledge from them in Leviticus. And so, I mean, the idea is this is a standard practice. People contact these non-human spirits separate from the humans, and they seek knowledge for them. And so, you know, in Leviticus, it's, I mean, over and over and over again, it shows up, don't seek knowledge, don't use mediums, don't do, you know, seances. Um, we associate those with trying to contact a human who has died, but similar idea of trying to seek out knowledge from this this realm of the dead. And so there are humans, there are non-human spirits, there's demons, there's fallen angels. Um, sometimes, you know, these all get woven together, but there's a lot going on in the realm yeah, of the dead. Yeah, and,
0: and let's, let's just address the fact that Scripture is our, is our primary source of revelation. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the primary source yep. of revelation, but we know Jesus Christ through Holy through scripture, scripture, and nothing that we believe should, should um, be in contradiction mm-hmm. to what is in Correct. Holy Scripture. That being said, Holy Scripture the Old Testament especially, because it covers such a – I mean, if you, if you look at the New Testament, it was, it was compiled in a really, really short amount of mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Not so with the Old Testament. Yeah. And there's an, there was an extraordinary amount of oral commentary, yep. tradition, uh, things that weren't written or, or – That or, are assumed. Yes, or references to other books that are not – um, that are not compiled in the Old Testament mm-hmm. as we have received it. So it's like walking down a hallway, uh, or, or um, this may be a stupid example, but watching a movie and a character walks down a hallway and there's a painting on the wall. Well, that painting, the subject matter is a part of the story, mm-hmm. but but we don't have time to go into why that was relevant Correct. and what's there. Yeah. So going through um, the Old Testament especially, there is an angelology, there is a, a demonology, there, yeah. there are all these sort yeah. of things that would have been perhaps relevant and and um, um, known to the earliest readers, but the context is lost for us. Correct. I mean, we can talk about in, in Genesis six the 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 That's watchers, right. the all, all of the angels. All yeah, there are all these things that are there. You can find them. They're clearly mm-hmm. there, but there's no commentary. There's no yeah. definition. There's no further exploration on them. But there's it's in, almost in the text. You know what I'm talking yeah. about.
1: Yep. I mean, it's. I, I told you know our youth one time. I, it's, it's like a pastor who references a movie or something to make a spiritual point. He's not saying that movie is you know the spiritual point, but you, you kind of have to know the reference he's using to understand the point he's making. So, I mean, that's like with any any text. Um, and the Old Testament is, like you said, covering so much ground that there's so much context that we trying to dip our toes into. And so, you know, it makes reference to Metim, Ob and, you know, the, the non-human spirits and the human spirits. And we're thinking, okay, but what are those? It doesn't tell us. It just kind of assumes that as part of the story. Yeah. Um, and so we're wholly speculation you know, on some of these things. Um, we're not contradicting Scripture, but, you know, Scripture just kind of assumes some of these things and a depth and understanding that it does not lay forth explicitly. One of the things that I think is interesting is um, how often these human spirits or non-human spirits are always associated with a pursuit of knowledge. Um, I think we always think, you know, the ghosts scare us, whatever, they're, they're there to frighten us. And in the scriptures, it's, it's almost always uh, warnings against consulting them for knowledge. Um, humans are trying to seek extra knowledge from the realm of the dead. And I think there's some of that you know, nowadays today with seances and people want to talk to loved ones who have died and we want more knowledge, but um, I think that's an interesting aspect to this, that they are seeking knowledge in the wrong place and that's why it's condemned. Well, let's talk about the
0: psychology as to why this actually intrigues us is Mm -hmm. because there is an intuition that when we die, there is a a phase beyond that. There is a reality or a life beyond that that is beyond our experience because we are Undead, we are alive, and so we don't know what happens. And and we're all curious: what is what is the moment of death like? Does it hurt? Um, What is that passage like? Um, What is our awareness once we we are dead? I mean, yeah, is is Grandma
1: looking at me? We have no
0: idea. We have no way of knowing the the details of it, and so. um, But there is this general intuition. Um, almost sort of a law written within human nature that something does persist, mm-hmm. and so we want to know. And if if they they clearly have an experience we don't have, and mm-hmm. so that's why. We, we want, want to know. know. I what's mean, it like? you know, is, is if if you're going, we've talked before. If someone's having a surgery, uh, you're having a surgery. You go to all the people who've mm-hmm. had it before. What's it like? Yeah. Does it hurt? Um, what was your
1: recovery like?
0: Or or even you know, um, to keep the the Halloween theme, how scary was that movie? Yeah. You know, should I, should I go yeah. see it? Is it going? To, we, we want to know these things to inform us, and um, and that feeds that natural curiosity yeah. that I think. You know is, is is evident in most every culture, at least everyone that I'm aware of there's some yeah. element of this to it
1: and underlying
0: all of this, which is what underlines the Bible
1: from beginning to end is is worship I mean God you know when he gets mad at Saul and we'll get into that story um it, you know he's criticizing him for you know worshiping and and reverencing things besides Yahweh um, seeking knowledge from somewhere besides the prophets that Yahweh has given. Um, and I think that is part of that control we want to know what's it like I don't want to just you know trust in what the church has said and what you know trust that Jesus Christ you know has what he has in store for us. I want to know exactly what it's going to be like so maybe wait, maybe I can talk to a ghost maybe we can seek some knowledge from you know the realm of the dead um, We always kind of want to maintain that control in a sense
0: well and and frequently when you think about Folklore about ghosts and spirits and seances and things, Mm -hmm. there is that element of control that you can manipulate. Yeah, that's true. And have them and have them sort of work on your. I mean, think about work on your behalf. (laughs) Think about well. And I'm not. This is not. I'm not the best one. I'm not a connoisseur of horror movies. Um, I I typically don't like to be terrified on purpose. Um, But all the great ones that I can think of. to a degree. There was when you're conjuring up things, there is always this sort of element of control Mm -hmm. that is that is evident in the beginning. Then it gets out of hand. I was about to say then you lose control. And then you try to bring it it back. And that's that's that is Mm. I mean, that's the great thing. That's the great narrative of Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite movies. It's not terrifying. That's why I love it. Yeah. Is there was something you can't control um, that you do control. And then when things get out of whack is when you start messing with things you, sh- you have no business messing with. Um, you know, So it, that's an interesting thread that I think runs through the majority of 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 the stories that we have, I mean, if you mm-hmm. think about *The Exorcist* in 1973, the book that um, that um, um, William Peter Blatty wrote, the, the the character was playing with Ouija boards, mm-hmm. and that was the entrance. That's what got it in there. Um, and, and maybe next year we can talk about all the great horror movies and and pick out the spiritual themes yeah. and where are they where are they getting it right, and where are they um, missing the point?
1: Yeah just to give uh, people an idea of when you read scripture you may not notice how much spirits and you know this idea of the, the people in, in in the underworld and she'll um, show up because a lot of English translations just simply pick a word like dead or um, hell and just kind of brush over everything but like in Isaiah you know we have um, Isaiah saying and when they say to you these you know people who the Israelites shouldn't be listening to, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mother. Should not a people inquire instead of their God? Should they inquire of the dead, and that's those human spirits who have died, um, on behalf of the living? Isaiah is basically saying, you've got, you've got God. You've got the one true God who's giving you the prophets. Why are you, you know, running and contacting them? Uh, Psalm talks about the practices of the worshipers of Baal. He says, then they yoked themselves to Baal Peor and ate sacrifices offered to the dead, those, you know, human spirits who have passed. Uh, the most interesting one that I think is, um, let me let me find it real quick. There is a possession, um, let me see which verse it is. Yeah, here we go. This is um, Leviticus 20. So this, instead of dead, it gets translated usually as spirit. um, And these are the non-human spirits in the realm of the dead. Leviticus says, a man or a woman who is with a spirit, meaning possession, like one and the same with the spirit, with child, with a spirit, or one who has knowledge. And the knowledge word there is not just you've learned something new, but literally the secret knowledge that comes from the spirits. Shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. And so, this is a a warning against the people. Don't let those outside deadly forces kind of enter into the holy nation. Don't be with a spirit. Don't be possessed. And so, when people ask, you know, is uh, possession in the Old Testament? Because it shows up in the New Testament, obviously. It is in the Old Testament. Um, you know, these these spirits. We might call them demons. Um, possess people. They, they impart to them knowledge, but it's not true knowledge. It's, you know, misleading knowledge. Uh, elsewhere in Leviticus, it says, don't turn to the spirits, the ones who have knowledge. Do not seek them out, and so make yourselves unclean by them. I am Yahweh, your God. So again and again, it's basically, you know, reminders. Don't seek the, the false wisdom. They're going to promise you something, but it's not actually true. It, it's not actually you know, going to lead you to righteousness, focus on the knowledge that God has given instead. That is what will cleanse you and keep you holy. But um, some interesting observations I wrote down as I looked these up. Uh, Demons and ghosts are separate. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. people conflate those. Those are separate things. Uh, There are human ghosts and there are non-human spirits or ghosts. Um, The Old Testament time and time again says that mediums can be possessed by non-human spirits, but it actually never really says much about mediums being inhabited or having knowledge from human spirits, which helps us shed some light on seance and and that uh, that kind of idea. You know, anytime they pair knowledge with spirits, it's never the human spirits. It's always the non-human spirits, but we might associate with demons. And so that idea of, you know, we're going to you know, talk to our loved one, and they're going to give us secret knowledge. It doesn't really show up much in the Old Testament. Uh, The one exception I can think of is Samuel and Saul, and we'll get to that. That's a little more complicated than it seems. Um, And uh, I think that's all I had written down. But, um, again, glimpses of this kind of realm of ghosts and spirits and possession, but, um, you know, kind of rooted in the same thing over and over. Don't listen to them. They don't actually have true knowledge. Just, yeah, so
0: why God. why would we say that um, the I mean angels are pure intellect and yeah. pure will, right. and so they have that knowledge, yep. and that's why that that realm pertains to them. Yeah, um, the that's most true. Con- the most convincing. So to, to really get to the end of it, are there ghosts? I have no idea. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, I mean. The most convincing thing to me that really kind of rocked my world was this really astute, clear observation in Matthew 14 where Jesus is walking on water. Yeah, When he's walking that's right. on water, this is verse 26, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. Yep. Now, there you go. the fact that they say that means they understood what a ghost is. Yeah. And there was no rebuke, really. Of I mean, there was no like, stop it. Their ghosts aren't real. Yeah. It was um, you know, take heart. It is I. Exactly. Have no fears. What our Lord said. I'm not a ghost. I'm, not a I'm ghost. really here. I'm really here. And I just That's find good. that an interesting um, yeah. reflection on that. I don't know where in I don't know where in Christian theology, um, the idea that that disembodied spirits, human spirits, mm-hmm. at the moment of death who have undergone the particular judgment. So the theology is there are two judgments when mm-hmm. we die. One's the particular judgment, that is, you, Klingstead, have you lived a life of faith mm-hmm. or have you not? Um, that is particular loyal to everyone. to God Correct. Or not? And then there's the general judgment, which is a confirmation of mm-hmm. a particular judgment, what happens in the fullness of time, what we see in the book of Revelation, so on and so forth. So the idea of ghosts, as is presented in in folklore and in movies, of people who are wandering and are and lost like and are stuck, around. yeah, is is um, I don't know where that fits in Christian theology. And it doesn't
1: really fit in the scripture that much. It doesn't either. fit in
0: the scripture either. Um, that being said, so I think that I think that we can we need to affirm without trying to put in any kind of conclusion. That there is something in Scripture that is acknowledging that is acknowledging a a, a reality. Mm-hmm. They don't. The Scripture doesn't really comment on it either way. It mm-hmm. just it's just, there. it's just there. It's just there. But what is also interesting is, and I don't know about the Orthodox Eastern Orthodox. I haven't read anything, mm-hmm. but there was certainly a a, a um, strand of Roman Catholic literature, and in the Anglican Church, on um, on hauntings and ghosts mm-hmm. that are not the same thing as demonic possession now Correct. demonic possession is again is a different animal yep. and there's plenty of literature in all of christian now it's, traditions it's
1: explicitly in leviticus Yes.
0: demonic possession that's there and it's also jesus doing exorcisms Correct. and yeah. all that so that's that's a different thing we're, we're talking now about about human spirits that have not or whatever they are stuck in limbo whatever um and the general sort of feeling is one of ambiguity, of not really sure, honestly. Mm-hmm. But here's what we know: we do know that blessings work when those, when when those, um, and that phenomenon is experienced. Mm-hmm. There seems to be, though, a, a, if there is a consensus, this idea of place memory which may be different than a ghost. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of a psychic impression on Mm -hmm. a place because of some traumatic event or...
1: or, And that's where so many of our... That, you know, horror movies start. Yeah. Oh, there was a murder 50 Absolutely years ago. Every
0: great and, ghost story has to yeah, deal with that. Um, place memory. And the way that someone has explained that that made the most sense, and everybody's had this experience, of when you walk into a room with no prior knowledge and you, you have this overwhelming feeling, something just happened here. Mm-hmm. Someone's upset or someone's angry mm-hmm. or there's been a fight. And it's not because you walk into a room and see an individual whose face is red and tears dried. No, no real sort of mm-hmm. uh, clue as to something that had happened, but you feel it. Or mm-hmm. your hairs rise in yeah. the back of your neck, or you feel it. Sorry, what were you, you going to say? When you
1: can flip it and do the positive side. That's what pilgrimages are all about, mm-hmm. place memory of, of good things yep. that have happened rather than bad. I was going to say that ghost shows up uh, one time in the Old Testament. And by ghost, I mean what we think of, like the connotation. Uh, the Israelites shared a lot you know of... Language with like the Canaanites, and so they had you know writings about ghosts, meaning human spirits who you know kind of show up and interact. And it shows up in Isaiah. Um, This is the only time, as far as I can find, and it says, In the spirit of the Egyptian, Egyptians within them will be emptied out, and I will confound their counsel, and they will inquire of the idols and the ghosts and the spirits, what I mentioned earlier, the knowing ones. So you have. Spirits, the non-human entities. Then you have the idols, and you know, according to like Egyptian mythology, I mean, those were uh, gods dwelt within the idols. I mean, they knew they weren't just plain copper. The idea was that the gods, you know, are incarnate within that bronze and copper. But then you have that third category, the ghosts, and that is kind of what we think about. But that's the only time it actually shows up. And it's kind of critiquing the you know Egyptians. They're being confounded. They're going to look for idols, ghosts, and spirits, but they're never going to actually look for the thing that they should be looking at, which is Yahweh for knowledge. They're well, looking
0: everywhere else. You're you're excluding Samuel. Samuel's ghost. Well,
1: yes, we'll, we'll get to that. It doesn't actually call him a ghost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the other you know time where that context shows up. Um, but interestingly, it it doesn't actually. Tell us exactly what happens there, it doesn 't really tell us what what it is but let's let 's go to first samuel twenty eight if you want yeah. um, I always love asking people you know about witches, especially the youth or witches in the Bible or ghosts in the Bible, and you know they always are afraid to say yes, and then I open to first samuel twenty eight and it's you know it's like your Hollywood ghost story almost um, but go ahead and read portions of that or or set the stage if if people aren't familiar with this. This is um, a famous story of Saul.
0: Yeah, I mean Saul Saul is Saul's is on the run and everything's <laughs> collapsing around him. Yeah. Um, you know David is on the on the rise and so this is verse 3 in first Samuel 28. Now Samuel had died and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in Ramah his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the wizards out of the land. The Philistines assembled and came and encamped at uh, Shunam and Saul gathered all Israel when they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets or Urim. Then Saul said to his servants, seek out for me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her and be and his servants said to him, behold, there is a medium at Endor. Mm-hmm. So Samuel's dead. Samuel was the great prophet um, who had anointed mm-hmm. um, Saul as king and also David as king. Um, and Saul had put out all of the mediums, but now I yeah. you know, was bringing them back. Yeah, now I kind of need you. Like, yeah, need yeah. You. yeah, yep. What
1: I find interesting to, to quickly jump in is that Saul has basically turned his back on Yahweh in a lot of ways. Um, Samuel is considered one of the great prophets, and so even Saul, someone who kind of turned his back, is like when the going gets tough. I need to know what Samuel was going to say. I need to know what this you know, prophet of Yahweh is, is going to tell me. Yep.
0: So Saul, this is verse 8. Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went. He and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Divine for me by a spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. Now we have that control element, mm-hmm. right? The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done, how he has cut <laughs> off the mediums and the wizards from the land. Why then are you having you laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? This is almost like um, a, a narc coming in yeah, undercover. Yeah, are you yeah, really a cop or not? Me. Let's see here. But Saul swore to her by the Lord. Also interesting, right?
1: That, yeah, that's the Yahweh. So
0: now, yeah, now he's um, saying... The word L-O-R-D is in all caps telling us that is, that is the Tetragrammaton, Yahweh. Um, as the Lord lives, again, that word, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing... Then the woman said, "Whom shall I bring up for you?" And he said, "Bring up Samuel for me." When the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, "Why have you deceived me? You are Saul." The king said to her, "Have no fear. What do you see?" And the woman, the woman said to Saul, "I see a God coming up out of the earth." Ooh, what translation do you have? Uh, revised Standard. Interesting. Um, and there's a, there's a note yep. about um yeah, yeah that's what I'll get that. to yep um, a being from another world. Where was I? Um, Verse 13, um, 14. 14. He said to her, What is his appearance? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did obeisance. Then Samuel said to Saul, what's your problem, bro? Uh, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress, for the Philistines are warring against me, and God has turned away from me and answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. Great insight into human psychology mm-hmm. here. Um, And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? The Lord has done to you as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David because you did not obey the voice of the Lord and did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day moreover the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me and the Lord will give the army of Israel uh, will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines Then, to to finish the story, Saul fell at once full length upon the ground, filled with fear because Mm -hmm. of the words of Samuel, and there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing um, all day um, and all night.
1: It's It's a ghost story.
0: Yeah, it is a ghost story. I
1: mean, at face value, it seems very simple. Um, Two things that, as you were reading it, um, came up to me, and then I'll get to that divine being or God thing. Um, I love how... um, Saul is just straight up lying. I mean, he says, I swear on the Lord that nothing's going to happen. Saul knows Leviticus. He knows all the commands against using mediums to contact, you know, spirits or metim or human goes, whatever. Um, and he has already turned his back
0: on the Lord. And he's like, no, 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 I promise it'll be or fine. Or he's what he's saying, yeah, he's saying is, I'm not going to punish you.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: So I am or now, I'm going to um, uh, supersede the divine law. Yeah, there we fine. go.
1: So yeah, one of, either way is, is, is bad. He's Secondly, doubling down in his
0: rebellion, which is the yeah. human psychology yeah. is that is that when we get into a corner, we're going double to double down. down. And that's everything from Garden of Eden from Garden of Eden until this very moment.
1: Second thing is, Saul does not see Samuel. No. He keeps having to ask her, What do you see? What do you see? Um, her answer, I see a mine says divine being, yours says God. What I find interesting is it is plural the Septuagint, I think, is one of the only translations that makes it plural. My little footnote has plural, gods, but um, it it chooses divine being instead. But she doesn't say, I see a ghost coming up out of the ground. She says, I see Elohim, gods. Uh, This is a word that we associate with God, capital G, but it was uh, divine beings. It gets used for angels. Um, demons uh, i think the legion is referred to as elohim in the new testament so um, this idea that um, you know it's 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 god's plural and so what is actually happening here i don't really know for sure the woman is terrified Mm -hmm. and i also wonder why is she she's a medium was she a fake and she's scared that it actually worked or was she expecting something else maybe something a little bit more tame. Yeah, it could be. And now she sees gods coming up out of the ground. Well, gosh,
0: I mean, all different ways we can interpret this. I'm going to use your reference earlier and say, I'm assuming you've never seen the movie Ghost with Demi Moore and Whoopi Goldberg. All right, so Whoopi Goldberg was a, was a charlatan medium, you know, fortune teller, and then, and then, when one actually happens, ah, she kind of loses her mind a little yeah, bit. So, so, is so it's, it's kind of the is same she thing. Whoopee? Yeah, kind of like Whoopi Goldberg here, if you've seen that movie um, on Ghost, Not, a movie with wretched theology, but but an entertaining <clears throat> movie um, nonetheless. I mean, you know, the other thing is is that even in our disobedience, um, what's what I think this is actually a very um, merciful move, e- even even in his disobedience through what he's commanded not to do, yeah. the word of the Lord is still persisting yes. in coming to speak yeah. to him to try to bring about a restoration yep. and a return to, to what had God had called him to do. And so yeah. even you know that, 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 that voice in the conscience, that, 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 that persistent voice to call back that Saul knows, Saul is not ignorant of the law. Mm-hmm. Saul is just blinded by his own pride that he can't, he can't respond to Yeah, it. that's
1: good. God uh, is almost using the context to say, fine, let me break through this, even though you're sinning, even though you're seeking knowledge somewhere else, and I'm still going to try to give you a message.
0: Sometimes our sins still speak to us the truth yeah. in that moment.
1: I, uh, I looked at <clears throat> elsewhere when this story is referenced in the Bible. Do they say, like, Samuel's ghost appeared? But they never do. They, they say it's Samuel. But they, but they never explain how. So First Chronicles says um, Samuel the prophet answered him, talking about the story. Just Samuel the prophet. It was him. Uh, Sirach references it too. Even when he lay buried, his guidance was sought. This is Samuel. And he made known to the king his fate. And from the grave he raised his voice as a prophet to put an end to wickedness. So it doesn't tell us exactly how, but it says Samuel was there somehow. So again, we're left with this. Kind of vagueness. Uh, it's a ghost story if I've ever seen one, but um, it doesn't call him a ghost. It says that the witch sees gods rising up out of the ground. You know, that's another kind of wrench in the story. And elsewhere in the Bible, it just tells us Samuel appeared, even though he's dead. Um, and I think that, it's, that's not quite satisfying to yeah. maybe what we want, but it does give us. Um, the point of the story
0: you know and i've heard some interpretations that this was a demonic appearance yeah yeah. i don't know if that fits the plain reading of scripture because samuel is is speaking on behalf of god and speaking truth and is affirming what's been said coming true comes absolutely Um,
1: i think you know people do that because elsewhere anytime the spirits give knowledge they're always described as the word that is non-human spirit they're never described as the human so that it fits with that idea that If they're actually going to seek knowledge it's not humans that they're seeking it from and that's because like psalm says the dead do not praise the lord um they they are silent basically they're not able to communicate and so i think maybe it fits with that but the plain reading and elsewhere in the bible like in chronicles it it doesn't say you know a demon in the appearance of samuel it says samuel the prophet appeared to him and and put an end to the wickedness and raised his voice um as the as the prophet are you
0: are you a star wars fan i have no idea
1: I mean, I've seen them all. Okay. I, actually, I, now I have not seen them all. But the first, I've seen the original. All right.
0: I'm stretching, but I think this is interesting. The Return of the Jedi, where we see, um, you see Yoda and Anakin Skywalker yeah. and yeah. Luke's... No, no. Uh, there's two of them. Three, is it, who were who the dead people at the end of Obi- that movie? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Yeah. The ghosts. Anakin? Yeah. What was the name of that moon? Hoth. No. No. Hoth was so the that's frozen the, was the one. Frozen yeah. Oh, gosh, what is it? Indoor. Is it Indoor?
1: That's right, yeah. that's right. Yeah, with the Ewoks. Isn't right? that interesting? That is not isn't. I've never... I wonder if George Lucas... uh I've never put that together before. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if George Lucas was... That's where the Ewoks were, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wicked. One of, our, uh, yeah. one of our children is dressing up as an Ewok this Sunday for Trunk or Treat. Um, that's always cute. And that's and always siblings, a winner. Yeah, up. the mom was thrilled, and the siblings are Boba Fett and uh, um, Princess Leia, so Star Wars, you know still captures the imagination of things. I I never put that together indoor. That's interesting. Um, But, yeah, I mean, this is a Scripture story as close as it gets to, you know, a a ghost movie, but it still kind of leaves us wanting some more, which I think speaks to what you said at the beginning. We want to be in control. We want more knowledge than we've been given, and we're going to try to find it in wherever we can.
0: Yeah, and let's – I don't know how much time we have, but um... – Going for thirty-seven
1: minutes. Okay, that you know,
0: you. I think that we're. I think what we're doing is, we're just simply ac- uncovering the plain reading of Scripture that um, we most people may not be aware is is, is there. Like yeah. this story. Yeah. I mean, this is not one. This is not one that I think ever comes up in a Sunday lectionary. It Should. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know
1: what I would I say about it. So, what well, worship? Correctly. I think
0: we're also. I think we're acknowledging what we don't know, which is an awful lot, because mm-hmm. Scripture doesn't say an awful lot about this, and the Christian tradition certainly recognizes, as we say in the creed, there are things unseen, yep. and visible and invisible. That's a, that's a world that, that, is, that is not accessible to us uh, with our full with the full powers of our intellect and perception. So I think we're sensual beings. We are, we and I encounter things in our senses. I think we're trying. We, we're trying to be very careful to say. Gosh, you know, lots of reasonable people, intelligent people, mm-hmm. well-adjusted people, um, stable people, have had experiences that were beyond explanation, and they and, and 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 I think most of us, sometimes we can we can scare ourselves, and yeah. we like scaring ourselves, yeah. but I think there are some legitimate things where people have said, you know. I don't including know. Including here in this church. Including here in this church, where especially I think it's even more interesting when we, when one person knows there is uh, maybe some trauma in the past yeah. and someone walks into a, an environment with no previous knowledge and then has an intuition, yeah. okay, what does that mean? Um, that's interesting. And then with the reflection of the church, both um, in Roman Catholic and, and Anglican, there is a, there is not a lot, but there is some legitimate speculation, thoughts and advice and counsel on how to, how to handle these things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to get to it, you know, haunted houses and things like that, that's a, that's a, that's a, it's a big topic with not a lot of conclusions. Yeah. The, the main response is prayer works, yep. blessings work, the Our Father works, the hell mary is effective mm-hmm. because whatever is not whatever is not for god whatever that may be the appropriate response is things images words toward god that is mm-hmm. that is the sword of our the spirit yeah. that is our shield to do that and these things should not terrify us in the sense that we, we have an enemy that will overpower us. Yeah. That's not the point at all. It's just, we respond to everything with prayer, Correct. with the holy name of Jesus, um, and, and, and go from there. Let's close in our last 10 or so minutes by talking about
1: Halloween. Uh, yeah. Practically, how should Christians celebrate Halloween? Should Halloween, should they celebrate it? Um, <clears throat> should they, you know, watch scary movies? I mean, if, if somebody asks you, should we do Halloween? Um, what would you What would you say?
0: Well, I would respond to um, It depends on how you do it. You can do Christmas in a way that completely distorts Christianity. Correct. You can do Easter in a way that has no Jesus and, Christ. And I, to I it. love
1: all these questions because uh, what you're asking if we should celebrate is a is that Christian name? I mean, Christmas, the Christmass. Yes. Halloween the the eve of the hallows yep. the the saints it's it's all saints eve that's and, where the name comes from and
0: listen i'm there's there's no attempt here to to um gloss over the fact that that halloween was had druid pagan origins all of sure. this and yeah. and the and the church is very good at sort of baptizing existing practices that were popular and then using them as tool mm-hmm. very much like what um, happened with Samuel and Saul of taking something that was not toward yeah, God, yeah. but being able to use it as a teaching moment mm-hmm. and to and to take that intuition? Things can find their fulfillment. They can the truth of God. Absolutely, and so that's a great listen, way to phrase it. If you want to dress up as uh, Taylor Swift and go and get chocolate, knock yourself out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that Christians should be able to have fun, yep. good fun, and and and. Take your faith very seriously. Take yourselves not seriously yeah. at all. Martin Luther once said, um, "Mock the devil. Yeah. You know, make fun yeah. of him." Um, I think though, if if you're dressing up like your heroes, if you like Taylor Swift, if you like, you know, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, whoever it may be, um, fine. If you're dressing up like the devil because he's your hero, yep, then that's a problem. Yep. Um, if we like to be scared because it's fun, then there's a, there's a there's a very human element to being scared like roller coasters or you know stories by the campfire fine if you're really getting into it to the point that it's 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 moving beyond fun Mm -hmm. to more of an interest or an obsession check yourself and and be aware of that um you know listen my halloween tradition is to watch uh we, we go and to see john Tolberry, a member of this parish and he always has house of wax on uh, oh, which is okay. a w- old yeah. movie great 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 movie um and that's our tradition it's yeah. fun and but there's yeah. nothing demonic in that and i think i think that needs to be the the careful yeah line on it so yeah listen trick-or-treating good fun have fun be silly But be mindful on all these things as to where does that ultimately take us? Mm -hmm. What are we, what door are we opening? Are we opening and is there a crack? What are we doing? And that's, that's, that's for me where I draw the line. Mm -hmm.
1: I love the tradition of all of the, you know, non religious rituals we have now, trick or treating, dressing up, actually have religious foundations. Um, Trick or treating was, you know, a, a similar practice to going souling, S-O-U-L, and, and beggars or children would go to people's houses and beg for a soul cake, and they would say, I'll pray for the dead, yep. y- you know, your loved one. I'll say a prayer for their soul if you give me a cake. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how that door-to-door knocking, begging for food, a, a, a sweet treat com- comes from. I actually love that. Um, and it also kind of Forces the reminder that this is a time to pray for the dead. I mean, that will be our ultimate focus in a few days at the end of the the tide season on 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 also, on All Souls Day. There's also some great stories about why people would dress up. Um some of the traditions say that um, you know, this day really was where the spirit world and the human world kind of are, closer than they normally are. And so people would get worried about demonic influence or these spirits that the scripture mentions. And so the idea was we dress up like them, like Mm -hmm. ghosts, and literally lead them away. So there were stories of people would dress up and lead their way to the graveyard, which is where we get that connotation, kind of lead them away from the village, take them outside of the city realm. I love that. There was also, you know, it became mock the devil. So we dress up like the the devil or demons to mock them and make fun of them and there's all sorts of to make traditions. fun of
0: them not to not to praise them yeah,
1: yeah. but i mean those are great traditions i I, I you know the kids in formation sunday one of the things i said is lean into it in a, in a good and holy yeah. way i said some of the best costumes might be things that remind you of our mortality, you know, skeleton, you know, the dead, um,
0: the spirits, but not yeah. in an obsessive way, but in a, a, I, a I kind of a agree. Fun way. I like the fact that Halloween does does um, tickle that intuition that mm-hmm. there are things seen and unseen, yeah, and people may encounter that in a playful in a playful way, but um, yeah, it clearly it clearly is there. The, the other thing I find interesting is that I mean, I'm either wearing a cassock or I'm wearing yeah, you know. Jeans. People think it's a costume around. They this think time. it's a costume. So if I'm walking around, they, you know, they'll think that's a great costume, and then that's that's a Ooh, way, scary freeze. That's a way to have a conversation, um, yeah. which is which is interesting um, as well. But um, today is uh, Wednesday, uh, the twenty fifth. So um, God willing, we will have a Zoom with yeah. Father Trey Garland and Father Justin Lanier on the things we didn't talk about. I mean, we'll talk about ghosts and poltergeists and paranormal yeah. activity, but also we'll talk also about demons. As Father Garland is the exorcist for the mm-hmm. Diocese of Chicago. And, uh, and knows a lot more than we do about this kind of stuff. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and then Father Lanier also is a, is a long—he's uh, married now but was a, mm-hmm. was a monk and has some experience in these areas as well. Yeah. He and I had a long conversation one time sharing stories. And um, these, are, these are educated um, individuals yeah. that, that will have a different perspective and will be fun. So that would be Sunday evening at 7 p.m. The Zoom link Which is, is Zoom on, the website. Link. Yeah. on the website. I'll even
1: put it in the, yep. in the podcast information. But um, I'll close with uh, the verse from Deuteronomy that kind of you know reminds us, how do we approach these, these spirits and these ghosts? Um, there's a way to approach them in a holy manner, and um, the warning that God gives when the people are going into the promised land with the Canaanites and all of their practices. He says, You must learn not to imitate the abhorrent practices of these nations. No one shall be found among you who makes a son or daughter pass through fire, or who practices divination, or who is a soothsayer, or an augur, or a sorcerer, or one who casts spells, or one who consults ghosts or spirits, or one who seeks oracles from the dead. He then says, I am the Lord your God. I am where the truth comes. He is our ultimate source of truth. We don't seek it out from these spirits and ghosts, even though we love to talk about them. Let it be a hobby. Let it be an interest, not an obsession, not a source of truth. Let's close with the Our Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen Amen. the grace of our lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy ghost be with us all evermore amen